This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here at the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7 the ticket veteran and lover of bread, Jake Bockelman. <laughs> what? I like bread. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. Once again, once again, we're on the block. Here every day from 4 to 6. You can find us right here and also on Twitch on Spotify, and on all online platforms to include theticketfm.com. We thank you for joining us on the block today. Been a wonderful discussion, talking a little bit of NFL football, a little bit about Husker football, and now we're going to delve into Husker basketball, who happened to pick up a big win on the road at Penn State over the weekend. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that right now. As you can see, Estrick won... Shootout with Strick today. Yeah, <laughs> we on a roll, baby. Once again, I'm fighting. I'm fighting for my right not to party, but to get these wins and get that chicken for the people. <laughs> That's I'm right. a man of the people. So, yes, thank you again for joining us on the block. So, Bach, my partner, Jake Bachman, tell me a little bit about your thoughts on what you saw. I, unfortunately, was on a plane flying. They... They were having some uh, some connective issues in some instances, so I, I wasn't able to tap into the game uh, while I was on the plane. But when I got home, you know, one of the first things I did is I looked at my phone and I had to do a double take. I I, I really did. I had to do it. Is this what I'm seeing? Did, did that, that really happen? Okay. Uh, check the scores. Check this, you know, just to make sure. Check the box scores. Yeah. They got a win on the road, and that is something they have not done very well is against a power five, not not even just a top-ranked team, but a power five team getting <laughs> win on the road. That's one of the things they just have not done very well. And so it's good to see them go out there and compete. And, again, it goes back to what we had talked about, Bach, is when for me, when I looked at the box score, and we've continued to all throughout this this season. We've talked about the recipe. We've talked about the specific things that the Huskers needed to do. And then, as of late, what we've been talking about is we're seeing things on the box scores that doesn't necessarily tell of a loss. But then it's those certain things on the box scores that you see, i.e., points in the paint, i.e., points off turnovers, i.e., fast break points. You see these other little uh, nuances of change on the box scores. And then you begin to look at the possessions and stuff like that. And then you can determine where the, the, the loss had come from. This particular game, it is the same thing. You look at that box score and you see that a lot of things are equal. A lot of things are parallel. And then, but you look at the other points of it and you see the possessions are the same. And you see the points of the paint, uh, I'm sorry, the points off fast break, off of turnovers, there was a 10-point change right there, which gave them that look. And then you look at the three-point shooting, 
And then you look at the, the field goal shooting and you see there's a difference. And then you can determine this is why Nebraska won this game this time. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy because you you don't expect, you know, if a team that's, you know, that's struggling that much, only one conference win all year, one in 16, um, if they're going to break through, they're going to have to just fight as much as they can and then barely come through at the end and maybe surprise the team. But instead, um, they just dominated this game um, from from the break. I mean, they, they just had – they could shoot all game long. To, to end up 65% from beyond the arc um, is not something that you expect to see replicated very often from anybody when they play games. I mean, that is hot shooting from Nebraska, uh, and it just kind of all fell into place. I mean, Derek Walker played his role uh, as he usually does, not just the rebounds he got, but the fact that he held John Harrar down to, to eight total rebounds, a man that just came off a 20-rebound performance. I, I mean, to me, that's the most impressive stat for Nebraska is that they held Penn State, one of the top five rebounding teams in the conference, um, to 22 rebounds. I mean, that's hard. They beat him by 12. Yeah, that is hard to do. <laughs> And, and, yeah. and, and, and unexpected from Nebraska, who has that's not necessarily a strength of the team, but they seem to be putting more of an importance on it the last couple of games, uh, and, and here it pays off for them. Um, but it was just kind of cool because everybody played their role. They played well. I mean, if, if you're, if, I would take certainly like averaging these points because every starter uh, was in double digits. Wilcher uh, had nine points off the bench. Webster had seven. Uh, Andre did what he does, you know, coming off the bench with four rebounds. Um, but everybody else, again, 25 for Bryce. Trey had 12, 15 for Verge, 13 for Mayan, uh, 10 and, and 7 and 4 for Walker. Um, you know, those are those are numbers that you would certainly love to sign up for. And obviously all of them add up to 93, so you'd like that too. But, um, you well, know, balance. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, it was just enough. one of those nights. Again, and we've kind of been asking for it, and you see it once in a while from teams is where it's infectious. You know, one guy starts to get going. Um, and it's not just infectious. I mean, one guy gets going, the defense starts to – to, to kind of square in on him a little bit more. Somebody else hits another big shot. Now you have to start focusing on him. Now another guy's open in the corner. Um, you know, and, and it was. And Nebraska was just shooting so well. Everybody played in their role. That was that was what they were recruited to look like. That's what that was the vision. I think that Fred Hoiberg, um, if you took away all the records and everything else, um, and didn't tell him what this season was going to look like, if you just gave him this box score before the season and said that's that's what I'm that's what I'm gearing toward. That's what I think that this team can be. And, of course, it hasn't happened too often, but just to see it play out even once um, gives you some level of faith that this coaching staff kind of knew what they were doing as far as putting it together. It just hasn't come together as often as it needs to, but you, you understand that the recipe, or I, I guess the that they've, they've, they've finished the food, they've finished the plate once and for all. The recipe has worked once. Uh, I don't know how often it is going to work, and maybe it's not a recipe that's going to work very often in the Big Ten, but you know it is at least possible now at this point. Yeah, there's no question about it. And but he, some of the things that I also see is the efficiency and the effectiveness of the of of, of the box score, right? In the past, we've seen 27 threes, you know, almost 30 threes. We see all mostly in the upper 20s on on most occasions in three point shooting. They only shot 23s, so you know that the number is down. But that means they're taking more quality shots. Um, I, I don't even have to look at the game to tell you that those shots were quality shots. And the reason being is that their assist numbers, that's a, that's a good number to be up in that 14, 15 range. Um, that means you're getting good balance. Uh, so those are the things that I really enjoy seeing, um, seeing great numbers and rebounds and stuff of that nature. I definitely would like to see Derek Walker get more up into that, um, you know, that double, double range a lot more out of him. 
but 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 here's a question for you, Bach. Um, you know, we have Eduardo Andre come in and play 13 minutes uh, in the game and have four rebounds. That's that's pretty good. That's a pretty good clip of, of getting rebounds. But then we um, but on the other end, we have almost a six eight guy in Latin man playing 25 minutes in the game, having a good game. I'm not this is not a knock on him in his game. But this is the knock on him and his effort, especially on the on the area where if Nebraska is going to have any success, they have to have good rebound numbers. And I think they should have at least more from him to the tune of maybe five to seven a game. What's your thoughts on that for Latman? Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I mean, his uh, his rebounding numbers, um, I suppose his minutes are down just a little bit from last season, but his rebounding numbers are down from last season. His points are down from last season. Um, you know, his three-point shooting's down from last season. So it's kind of a, a bit of a, a, of a rough season. Of course, he didn't start off the best way. I think he was sick for the first game or had a, a lingering injury that was keeping him out for a game or two to start the season, um, but just never really got going back on track. It seems like the last couple of games, he's less shy about shooting you know, kind of playing the role that he is expected to play, right, is is taking shots, um, somewhat open shots, but they don't have to be wide open. It seems like at times, in, you know, during his career, he's got to take the wide open shot. If there's a guy that's closing out on him, he'd rather pump fake or, you know, try to get something else going. Um, you know, if, if you're going to be an elite three-point shooter, you're going to have to do it with somebody closing out on you. You're going to have to do it with a hand in your face once in a while. Um, and it's not to take bad shots, at least, you know, it's better that he doesn't do that. But, um, you know, I, I just like the fact that he's, that he's willing and ready to take the shots these last couple of games uh, and hitting them. You are right. The two rebounds though, um, you know, that's, you know, just somebody that's six, nine with his length should be getting a few more of those um, uh, without looking at, you know, so closely at his tape. I don't know. You know, sometimes it, the, the rebound sometimes even goes to the wrong person. If you're talking about whoever puts in the most hustle in to, to rebounds at times, right? If you have to block out the biggest guy, sometimes you're not going to get the rebound. A teammate will, but you know, maybe it's more so that you're not, you're at least um, preventing them from getting the rebound. So I don't know how many plays he had like that, that played into it, but without a doubt, you're right. I mean, two rebounds, this is, this has become somewhat of a trend, I suppose for him is that it, it just doesn't, you know, factor in too much into that, but um, he's been a guy for through a lot of his career, just with his length, um, that a lot of his, a lot of things that he does that help the team, again, mostly just because of his length, um, don't show up in the in the stat column. Yeah, um, I think that's a great point to make. I I don't know for sure if I would buy into that. I beg to differ. Um, you know, me being a six, three guy who had to do a lot of that dirty work and still had to go track, um, averaged on, you know, almost five rebounds a game myself, just as a, as a player. And I would venture to say up until my senior year averaged about what he's averaging now in, 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 uh, minutes per game around that 25 to 27 area. So, you know, and then I had to guard bigger guys. So yet still was able to go and do that. That's why I, I mean, I, I, I think I'll agree to disagree on that one, but uh, call us on the Sauter Heyman. Uh, I mean, text us on the Sauter Heyman text line at 402-464-5685. Here's the question that I want to pose to you. Do you think that what you saw last night was 2020 vision or blurred lines? I, I'm not talking about Robin Thicke. I'm talking about, <laughs> do, do, is this, is this an anomaly of a game or do you expect this to be 2020 vision on what we're going to see moving on? What's your thoughts on that based on what you saw last night? 
Me personally, I have a thought, but Bach, how do you view it? What, what what are you seeing? Do you need to go to the doctor and get get some uh, eyes checked? <laughs> no, I feel pretty good. Um, I, I again, I, I think part of it might have been that Penn State was overlooking Nebraska. I mean, I, I think maybe mm. sometimes we talk about it as being a get right game, and Penn State wasn't really in that path though. They had one three out of four. They were probably feeling pretty good about themselves, um, and. So I don't. I, it was kind of a surprising performance for Penn State more than anything to me. Um, but you know, part of it too is what I say about you know modern day college basketball or, or basketball in general, especially in the NBA. Actually, is that if, if one team's hitting you know every shot they're throwing up from deep, sometimes those turn into blowouts just because it's hard to keep up with them. And you know, it's not that's not Nebraska. That's not what Nebraska is going to do game in and game out and shoot sixty five percent from the arc from beyond the arc, but if they're going to do it and they do it against you, you know, that can add, I mean, they got 93 points for goodness sake. I mean, it can add quite a bit of a deficit there. And I think Penn state was dealing with that while at the same time, doing a pretty good job keeping up when they could for a while, they were hitting, they were matching Nebraska with those threes, but eventually we're able to cool off. And um, as cool as it would be to see two teams shoot 65% from beyond the arc, that'd be a lot of fun, but it's just very unlikely to happen. So I think that's kind of a part of what factored in there. I don't expect Nebraska, to continue with with all those numbers I mean you know near 60 percent from the field goal you know just field goal overall that's difficult to continue to do game after game 65 percent from beyond the arc of course is an anomaly compared to what they normally do even 85 percent from the free throw line is going to be tough to replicate too often Um, but I do think that that I, at least maybe the optimist in me is hoping that they're that they did find something that they're finally kind of maybe focusing more on those rebounds, playing through Derek Walker a bit more. Bryce McGowan, of course, have been um, um, growing this whole season. Alonzo's been playing good the last couple of games, so I could certainly see this extending uh, into the Ohio State game, just maybe not quite at that at that pace with that you know those those fire type of numbers that they had as far as their percentages goes, just shooting. Yeah, and the last time they gave Ohio State all they could want is they came up a little bit short. I think one of the other things that I liked about what they did is that they didn't have the – obviously there was a taper off because you began to just get other guys into the game, so forth and so on. But I also didn't feel that their second half there was like the letdowns. Um, You can tell me or correct me. Also call in on the Honda Lincoln hotline at 402-464-5685. We definitely want to hear from you and what you think. Do you think it's blurred lines or do you think it's, you know, a vision of something to see more to come in the future? Uh, we definitely would love to hear from you on that. Um, I also, I, I, you know, obviously one of my biggest issues that I had with the team is seeing them on how they come out after the half. What, what did you see coming out of the half in this game that was different than what we've seen in the past? And also those long tenured um, downtimes of runs, you know, did w- w- was that something that they experienced in this game? And how did they stop the bleeding that they didn't do in previous games that kept them to be able to keep the lead? Because we've seen them have big leads before, but we've also seen them decrease very quickly. Yeah, I think that was one thing too. Coming out of the half, Alonso just just kind of penetrated, got a play, got a foul, and got an end one. Um, so it was basically, you know, and that that can be especially on the first 
um, possession after going into a half. You're down 18 if you're Penn State, 49-31, and then you come out and give up an end one. You're just kind of thinking, oh, great, here we go again. It's more of the same. And Nebraska was able to kind of carry that momentum. Um, and, and maybe it was part of just the, 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 the great shooting that they were having. Again, lack of a daunting environment. Penn State, just not too many people interested or involved enough to go in go to that game. Um, so, you know, there was nothing, um, I think, distracting Nebraska as far as the, the crowd level goes. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what it was about the, their change in approach. It was, I mean, it was just kind of the same thing is that they just kept the fire, whatever it was that, that, that was going, I don't know what they, what they ate before, you know, if it's a different meal or whatever they're doing. Maybe they had a, a nice little trip out there and state college to, to some, you know, some sort of different team activity, but I do it again because whatever it was, they just were shooting so well throughout the entire night. Um, you know, that it was th- that they were able to carry it over. Um, and he expected it at some point for it to cool down, um, but it, it just it never really did. And they didn't have to because of that. They didn't really have to go through, you know, those those five minute stretches where they can't get a field goal and who they who do they turn to. Um, it, but it should be worth noting, too. It, this doesn't all just happen out of nowhere. Um, they were sharing the ball really well, passing the ball well, you know, finding, you know, finding open teammates again the rebounds um aren't just great in the rebound column they open up second chance opportunities and in wide open threes um you know there was one where where bryce missed a a, probably not a great decision on a three-point shot um the rebound was given to nebraska they swung it back around right back to where he was same spot and then he hit the second one um but the second one was wide open the first one was not so uh you know that can kind of just be uh as simple as the defense or as as that can be um i should mention this to our text line is actually down we're transitioning our text line a little bit um so if you do want to add into the show 402-999-4620 is the text line for today and i believe it will be for the next couple of days as we work out some some kinks there with our 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 text line is a bit of a problem but 402-999-4620 is the number 999-4620 yep maybe i'll text it yeah, maybe you can start it going there. <laughs> um, we do have one response to the text line that says, uh, clearly an anomaly at this point. And I think that that's probably um, probably fair. It's it's a little late in the season. That's that's what's kind of frustrating. But I do kind of wonder, like, if they are able to carry this over to Ohio State and Wisconsin in the tournament, um, do you start to have faith in the system that, that Hoiberg has put together? Or is it too little too late, even if it, it, it results in some wins down the stretch where you finally see it all kind of coming together? You hear that pause? Yeah. That pause is giving me, uh, that's what I'm giving you. I'm giving you pause (laughs) and I'm not putting pause on you. I'm giving you pause because basically uh, I'm still, I I still need a little, I still need a little more salesman uh, showmanship to show me ship to basically help me to feel better about, um, you know, the direction going forward. Uh, I'm, I'm looking, I'm watching, I'm hoping. Yeah. And, uh, I think if I see a little bit more of what I, I saw tonight and, and again, those little aspects in the recipe, even if I see them doing those things and I see them losing for me, that'll give me a little bit more uh, oomph in, the, in, in this uh, particular issue. But until I see some of those things start to change or they're starting, I mean, I, until I see them not looking at the ball, just bouncing around over there and not <laughs> you know, quick twitching towards it. Yeah. Until I start seeing stuff like that, I don't know. I might still have a little. 
pause on, on the issue. <laughs> yeah, and we weren't, we didn't, uh, you actually obviously had travel plans too on Friday. Um, so you weren't able to react too much on, at least on the block, to um, the extent, not the extension, but I guess the rewriting of the reworking of Fred Hoiberg's contract and Trev Alberts announcing that they were going to go ahead and move forward and continue with Trev Alberts, or excuse me, continue uh, with Fred Hoiberg into next season. Um, it, it, it's, it's tough because at times this program has felt, um, lifeless and, and, and the frustration piles up and the raw and the, and obviously the, the, uh, um, the record is so bad, um, that it, it's, it's hard for me to see too much of a life, uh, life, you know, a heartbeat, I should say in this program. Um, but I think if they can get, you know, a, a top 25 victory here down the stretch or, you know, even a big 10 tournament victory, um, it can give you a little bit, not a, not a whole lot. I mean, I, at this point, most of the story's written. I think it's going to be somewhat of a tough off, off season to get people bought back in. Um, and they're certainly going to need to maintain a few of those key pieces, retain, I should say, a few of those key pieces, mainly, of course, Bryce McGowan's, um, for, for me to believe that they can make, you know, build off of whatever this year was. Um, otherwise, yeah. it's going to be kind of a, a reset and new, you know, new players coming in, not, not a whole lot of continuity, and that's been part of the problem, um, and I don't expect that to be part of the solution. So, I mean, that I mean that, that kind of tells you where you are, but, I mean, you're just in such a difficult place as far as, um, you know, getting too much momentum from anything outside of wins. They, you, at some point, you need to win, and hopefully that Penn State game started it. Yeah, and, and that's, that's what I'm hoping to see. I was hoping that I would see something similar to what I've seen with Northwestern and and similar even with Penn State and the run that they were able to make. I'm looking for a run. And if you're going to make a run, it's better to make that late run. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a great proponent of late runs. You can have the worst season of your life, and you can make a late run, and everybody will forget. They will remember what happened. There are some things that happened during that, but they will forget what the dramas of it the the problem the major problems of it the booze of it all of that stuff they'll forget because the whole narrative changed for us after losing 10 straight and then going on to win a national championship you know albeit it wasn't the NCAA but still there's been teams that have come off national championships of that 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 type and made good runs into the NCAA the next season, depending on what they have following up from that. So I would venture to say a good late run would bold good for the conversations that the staff is going to have to with Fred Hoiberg is going to have with those young men that may be trying to pass on to the next, the, the next level uh, of whatever it is internationally or towards the NBA that could bode well for a good conversation of, hey, you see it. How are we going to make this run back? But that's, that's, that's neither here nor there. Again, text us at the, at the line that we're going to have right now going forward is 402-999-4620. That's the Hot Nail Lincoln hotline as well. Uh, no, you can still, if you want to call in, you can still call in 402-464-5685. There you go. So the same Honda Linga hotline is the 402-464. We always, you know, if we can get an opportunity to get you in on the block, we would love to talk to you and hear your thoughts. We talk a lot. I know I talk a lot, but sometimes we want to hear you talk about it. 
And we're going to take a break right now. Come back because it was a crazy, crazy Saturday that jumped off in college basketball. And we're going to talk about it right here on the block when we come back after this. 